I'm Alana Burke, CEO of Your Life's Workshop, coach to entrepreneurs and solopreneurs across dozens of industries, and host of Good Business. With nearly 20 years' experience helping hundreds of clients create profitable, ethically driven, and sustainable businesses based on their life's work, I'm here to teach you how to do great work, make great money, and make a positive impact without feeling like you need a shower afterwards. Hey everybody, today's episode is about the clear distinction between starting and running a business, even one that you built around things that you are super passionate about and finding and creating your life's work. Two different things, everybody, and that's what we're covering today. I want today to be illuminating and inspiring. My biggest hope is that by the end of today's episode, those of you who are trying and trying and trying so hard to figure out why your best efforts don't feel like they're in alignment with what you thought your business would feel like and what you thought success would look like might see a new path forward. That's the goal, right? So first, I want to cover that we're talking about two very separate things, your business and your life's work. Now, we're going to talk about the ways in which they intersect, but today is all about parsing them out and separating the two so that you understand some of the components of why things don't connect the way you thought they would, right? So sometimes you might get super lucky and these two things align. I'm kind of one of those people, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but where the work you're made of is in alignment with the work that you can make a living at. But more often than not, We try to pretend that these things always align. You know, you see tons and tons and tons of marketing people and business people and people who do coaching like me who say, like, make a living off of your passions, right? And that's, you know, great, but not all passions are profitable. And that's just the truth because they just, they don't, right? Those things don't always align. They don't always connect because there's... One clear, hard, and simple truth is that there are actually very few things people are willing to pay for. And good marketing can help people understand how you fit into one of those categories, which we will go over in a moment. But there are fundamental things that you just might not be able to make a living on if you're not actually in love with your business as much as you are in love with your work. So the fundamental truth is that your life's work might be wildly rewarding and profoundly difference-making, but it might not actually be something people are willing to pay for. And that is 100% okay. It really, truly is. Say it with me. You do not have to make a living off of your life's work. You can make a living off of something that, you know, you enjoy, but you don't have to make a living off of the thing that you are most made to do. Nobody, like, when they were handing out whatever it is that, that makes your life's work your life's work, whatever it is that makes it feel like it's the work you were made to do, When they handed that out on, like, you know, soul-getting day or whatever, like, they didn't ever, like, attach a a commerce piece to that, right? Like, there's there's nothing, no rule that says that. There's no, um, you know, you might be somebody who is most happy in life um, clearing leaves from other people's yards, right? Like, I don't know. This is, I'm sitting here looking at leaves, you guys, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's where that came from. Um, but it might be something that's like, you can't actually meet your financial goals with the thing that lights you up the most. So it, just accepting that right up, right from the jump today is extremely important and something that I invite you to pay close attention to today. And it's something that a lot of people don't ever confront. They just keep banging their head against a wall, Right. 
going, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? So again, one more time, you don't have to make a living off of your life's work, but you do need to know if you even can before going in, before you get to the banging your head against a wall phase. You need to actually examine and look at whether or not your life's work can make you a living and and whether or not you want to do what needs to be done in order to make that possible. So the first question to ask yourself is, do you want to do what you want to do or do you want to be an entrepreneur or are you willing to do both equally and simultaneously? So like, do you want to be a therapist or do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be a coach or do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be a designer or do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to save the world or do you want to be a business owner? They aren't mutually exclusive unless you make them that way, right? Like, You can love both sides equally, but a lot of people don't, and they don't realize that until it's way too late. You know, you go to therapy school, and you learn how to be a therapist, and then you immediately come out of school and go, I think I'm going to hang out a shingle. You don't actually ever stop to go, do I love updating a website on a daily basis? Do I enjoy social media? Do I understand the complexities of uh, copywriting and marketing? Does that feel fun? Does that feel interesting? Of course not. You just go and either pay somebody to do a website or you throw something up on Squarespace with the attitude that something's better than nothing and then go, why why aren't all the people coming? And then you get frustrated by the fact that you can't just do the work you want to do and and then and around the cycle goes. Like some, you know, you get caught up in the insurance companies and and the competition and 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 all the things that that being good at business can actually help overcome. You get wrapped up in all of that of just lamenting that you have to do it, right? So pay attention to that. Notice that because there are alternatives. You can go to therapy school and then get a job with somebody else being a therapist and you get to like turn it off at the end of your day and you get to not have to worry about all of those things. So notice that there are alternatives and there's, excuse me, there's pluses and minuses to everything, right? So you have to, if you want to actually hang out a shingle, if you want to be in business for yourself, you have to genuinely want to be both or you'll fail. That's the truth. Because if you want your professional passions to happen on your terms, you have to love being both. That means like if you want financial success from your life's work, oh my God, you got to be mad passionate about the making money part too. So I want to kind of sidebar here for a minute, okay? Like this is, this is just like a little aside. So I want to take a second to talk about why I do what I do. Every piece of content I produce has a secretly selfish motivation. I want the people who are in business to love being in business. It is my core belief that when people love their businesses as much as they love their actual work, the world becomes a better place. Why? I'm sure you're asking, because that probably made no sense. (laughs) Because if you truly and deeply care about how you make money as much as you do about the work itself, you are way, way more likely to add beauty to the world. You're way more likely to behave with empathy. You are way less likely to take advantage of others in the interest of your own bottom line. That's the truth. I see it again and again and again. And I'm one of the fortunate few. My life's work is to help people do business better while making their dreams a reality. I get to do something where I make a living doing something that people know that they need to pay for. They're willing to pay for it. They know they need to pay for it. They know they they need education. And it also just so happens to be my life's work. But again, okay, sidebar over, right? That's 
really a elegant segue. <laughs> so, but again, there are only a few things that people are truly willing to pay for. And I'm going to run down those few things. Now, of course, there's permutations of all of these. These are the basics. These are the bullet points. So number one is to make personal changes that will improve their lives quickly and dramatically. So under that is things of convenience, right? Or having distasteful things done for you. So think like food delivery, house cleaning, um, fast, uh, you know, a quick five minute meditation. You know, these are things that are like, if you are coming from a place where you know you need what that person offers, you're absolutely going to be willing to shell out a certain amount of money for a certain thing, as long as it's going to make personal changes in your life that will improve your life quickly and dramatically. Those are those are key, right? Even if it's just a perceived quick and dramatic change. So it might mean that like, you know, having dinner delivered, that improves your life quickly and dramatically, where you're going to pay a fee that's probably higher than the tip you would have paid if you would have just gotten off your ass and gone to a restaurant, right? <laughs> so um, so notice that, right? Like, So that's one area. Now, the second is things that make you feel better about yourself, so that's where clothes, cars, objects, um, and better is a really subjective term there because everybody's idea of what better is is different. If it's, you know, that's where it's like jeans that make you look skinny uh, or um, cars that make you look like you're going to get laid or <laughs> like, you know, objects that make you feel richer than you are or that change people's perception of you. Um, those all fall into that category. Sometimes things that make you feel better about yourself can be something that's extremely utilitarian. Like, I've been on a hunt for, like, the perfect handbag for my entire adult life, right? And for me, it's not designer stuff. It's not um, It's not visual. It's, like, it's a totally tactile thing, and it has to have the right pockets in the right places. Like, it's, and it's, like, the white whale. I finally had one made on Etsy. I highly recommend that, by the way. <laughs> I had, um, I finally had somebody actually make what I had in my head and that and I was absolutely willing to pay like triple what it was probably worth because I got to design it myself. So uh, the next thing on the list is absolute necessities. Obviously, we're willing to pay for the absolute necessities. And what we perceive as a necessity is also different for a lot of people. You know, where, where some person, some people might think that having an extremely comfortable, high-end, luxury, safety-riddled ride, like where they, you know, getting a BMW might feel like a necessity, whereas someone else might be like, I need a skateboard to get to work. That is a necessity, right? Our measures for these things are different, but understanding the underlying motivation of your product, if it falls into that category, that's the key part, right? So uh, number four is experiences that have an improved status attached to them. So um being really honest about this is hard. Like, you know, because ex- think experiences, think vacations, right? Um, yes, you're going to go and travel for the experience's sake, but you're going to share it on Facebook because you want everyone to know that you do cool things with your life, right? <laughs> so, um, so things that can improve status in some way, even if it's just among your family and friends and peers, Uh, people are absolutely willing to pay for that if it's going to make them seem like they're doing something like or make them seem better than they were yesterday in some way. And now I know that sounds icky, but it's actually not like we are ego driven, selfish creatures. We just are. That is that is who we are. We just spend our lives pretending we're not. But buying decisions are made from a completely ego driven place. So You have to confront that and notice it and understand it before you can actually accurately sell anything to anyone. So accept that, right? Know it to be true. 
So the fifth thing is access. If you have connections, if you have status, people will absolutely pay to leverage that. They will do anything to to open doors that they did, that they couldn't open themselves. So those are the five things. Those are the basics. So and and pretty much anything you can throw at me, I could probably stick into one of those categories. We are simple creatures, you guys. We want to feel better about ourselves. We want our life to feel easier. We want things to be more convenient. Uh, And we are willing to violate our ethics and values in pursuit of those five things. And that's an important thing to notice as a on the consumer side of things is like, I, okay, so here's where I confess, right? Confession time here. Like, I freaking hate Amazon. (laughs) I hate it. I think that Jeff Bezos is the fucking devil. Like, I think he's an awful human being who is destroying small businesses and destroying commerce and taking advantage of people left and right. And yet, I live in a tiny house where we travel all the time, and we rarely know where to buy things when we get to a new place. And getting something delivered via Prime is just easier. And sometimes I have to choose ease over my own values. And that sucks. For somebody like me who proselytizes on values and ethics constantly, I see the irony, you guys. Like, I fucking hate it. I hate it. It's something I hate about myself, but I'm going to do it anyway, because we're all just doing the best we can. We all fail at these things, but we all know that this is the truth, right? This is, I'm telling you this to reinforce my point, is that people will break their vows with themselves for convenience. They will break their vows with themselves for something that improves their stature. They will break their budget for something that makes them feel better about themselves. So those are where real true buying decisions happen. Okay, so get that. Notice it. Accept it. It's just the truth. Okay, so let's get back to you. Is your work something people are willing to pay for? Right. And are you in love with the prospect of making a business out of that as you are with the work itself? Do you love it? Do you love both sides of it? (laughs) Because you actually have to answer yes if you have any hope of being financially successful. Now, I'm going to say that slower because it's important to notice all the words in that. You have to answer yes if you have any hope of being financially successful. You can be extremely successful at things and have them not have a financial gain. So understanding what your measure of success is is key. I'm only talking about the money end. If you want to make a living off of being a therapist or an acupuncturist or a marketer, whatever, whatever your thing is that lights you up. If you actually want to make a living at it, you got to love the business side. You have to love selling, which is basically what business is, right? It's selling. It's all selling. And if you're confused about selling and you want to know how to sell without feeling gross, go back to our selling series. We have a three-part selling series. Um, I'm sure you'll find them in the archives. but uh, And go listen to those episodes because they're super good and they'll make you not feel yucky about selling. So Because make no mistake, if you sell something people actually want to buy, that doesn't mean, or, excuse me, if you are sell- even if you sell something that people actually want to buy, that doesn't mean you'll be successful automatically. You have to get that a successful business is made up of both halves, half the work you love and half a business you love. Now, if you're sitting there thinking right now, shit, <laughs> I don't want to be a business owner, but I am one, right? If you're like, fuck, I have a website, I hung out a shingle, and I fucking hate every piece of what it takes to be a business owner, 
And that's probably why, like, I don't even know how to log into my website because I just ignore it and hope people will come to me. Uh, Or I don't want to pay for advertising or I don't want to pay a copywriter to help me do something that I don't know how to do and write better copy and write do better marketing. I don't want to do any of that. Like, fuck. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry if that's you right now. I bet there's a lot of you. Uh, I, you know, I talk to clients all the time that are in that in that boat, right? But don't freak out yet, okay? Like, try to deal with the deflation and the like, um, the the welling up tears that are happening right now. But don't freak out, okay? <laughs> if you have a visceral aversion to commerce and selling and marketing all and all of it, you might actually have a bias or understanding problem. So part of my job is actually actually to show you how much there is to love about owning a business, like. We all have, it's like such a loaded concept owning a business, right? Or or being in business or being an entrepreneur. We all like, we close our eyes and we see the assholes on Shark Tank and we see the dumb shits that are standing there in front of them. And, you know, it's like we all have these like pictures of our, of ourselves of like what business means. Maybe we had a parent who was a shark of a business owner. Maybe we see people on TV or whatever it is. We have these associational connections to like what we think business ownership is, you know, what we think financial success is, what we think all of these things are. And until you actually can unpack those biases and notice whether they're legitimate biases or actual legitimate loathing, you have to understand everything it takes to be in business before you can actually make an accurate judgment there. And I invite you to do that. You probably never have. You know, if you're somebody who's like, in the healing arts, I, mean, I keep using this example because it happens to have come up a couple of times recently, and I have several healers in my client base right now. So um, if you're somebody who's like, I want to be a healer, right? Or I want to, let's let's use acupuncturist. I, I was just having a conversation with a client who's an acupuncturist <laughs> recently. Um, and she, this is something she was kind of going through. Of like, they don't teach you this at acupuncture school any more than they teach it at coaching school or design school or copywriting school or any of the places where people learn these things that people go into as solopreneurs, whether they're brick and mortar or online. They don't teach you about business. They teach you maybe one little unit on marketing, but they don't actually express what it takes to be in business for yourself in that modality, whatever it is. Like, so, and I think it's such a huge mistake. I mean, hey, you know, like all those um, vocational schools out there, you want to, you know, hire me for a workshop, let me know. Because I keep hearing that over and over again. It's like, oh, you should teach at these places. They need to hear this. It's true, right? Like, why don't they? Why don't they say, hey, you want to be a therapist? Well, guess what? You're going to spend roughly 20 hours a week marketing yourself. Are you up for that? Or maybe you should go get a job at an institution someplace if you don't want to do that, if you're not up for that right? So I want, part of my job is to help you learn how to love business. I want you to love it. There's so much to love. It can be so fun. There's so many challenges and layers and interest and risk and and enthusiasm and and connections. And there's so many cool things to love about being a business owner. And I, I want to invite you to do that. That's a huge reason why this podcast exists is I want you to see the ways in which you can do things on your own terms and love them. And have it not all be so hard all the time. So if you learn how to love the business side and you offer something or people are willing to pay for, you might actually have a chance at making a living doing what you love. But you've got to find all those layers. You have to make peace with them and find them all in alignment together. That requires help. That requires education. 
Because think about it. Like, think about how much education you got to do whatever the thing is. You know, think about how long it took you to learn that. And then you're just going to throw out a shingle and go, and now I'm a business owner, but you're not actually going to do any of the learning? Fuck that. You know, I went to school for business. I learned this stuff. It's hard. It's complicated. I have, My brain is packed so full of information that I hardly ever use sometimes. Like, there's a lot of layers and permutations to understanding business, and critical thinking is core to all of it. If you haven't learned how to do all that, you're just creating a situation where, yeah, of course you're going to hate it because it because you see other people who make it look easy because they learned it. You can learn it. That's why I'm here, right? That's why people like me exist so that we can teach you. Let us, right? So on our next episode, we're going to start that process in a whole new way. Um, we're going to dig into all the things there is to love about business. It's going to be like a super fun bullet point list. Um, and I'm not talking like freedom and all that, of course, like there's the surface stuff that we all know. I'm talking about how to love all the things that you think you hate. So join me, won't you? And thank you for joining me today, as always. um, And I hope that we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. For more information, visit thegoodbusiness.co or yourlifesworkshop.com.